A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again, about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last only worked one hour, and you have given them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I became a Christian at an early age. So when I was growing up, inevitably there would swing through Ulysses, Kansas, an evangelist who would have these wild tales of riding in a motorcycle gang and all the things he did before he became a Christian. And there was just a little tinge of regret in my mind that I had come to know Christ so early that I didn't get involved in any of that. So the day I turned 21 and my parents told, uh, couldn't tell me anymore that I couldn't own a motorcycle, I bought one. That's all to say that I came to the faith early. And so if you think about the prodigal, the story of the prodigal son, which uh, the men will enjoy in, at their retreat, I'm the older brother. I came early. I've been here all day. I've been here all, all the time. And so that brings us to the story that Jesus tells this morning. For me, it's an issue of fairness. I, I, this just isn't fair. It isn't fair. We came early. We worked all day. And we get the same as these sluggards that started at five? This isn't fair. What kind of God is this God that gives the same to those who come early and those who come 
late. Sometime back, we were, Diane and I were, went to the check-in counter at London's Gatwick Airport, and the agent said, how many bags do you have? And I said, well, how many carry-ons? And I said, well, I've got a backpack. My wife had one of those, Diane had one of those zip-out things that not makes a nice tote. It just looks like a big purse, and then she had a little overnight case. And he said, you can only have two carry-ons. I said, well, we do. That's her purse. He said, no, that counts. If you get to the gate, they'll send you back to check, to check it in. It's got to be two carry-ons. So, you know, we opened up and we, st- we stuffed and we, and we crumpled it all up and we got it in to the overnight case in my backpack, squeezing and pushing. And so we get in the line to go through security. I look in front of me and I promise there's a woman with two pieces of carry-on luggage plus a big sack of stuff that she'd bought in one of the stores in the airport. And my first thought was, well, this is unfair. Look at what they made us do. And this woman, this woman, not with two, but with three carry-ons. Yes, every time I read this story, my first reaction is, Jesus, this is unfair. This landowner jumps into the pickup and heads for the temp service early in the day, hiring workers, and tell them that, tells them that he'll pay them the usual, usual daily wage. They sign on the dotted line and hop in the back of the pickup, and he takes them, and they get to work. About 9 a.m., he realizes, I need more workers. When the grapes are ready, the grapes are ready, and you've only got so much time. My livelihood depends on it. So what does he do? It's back in the pickup, back to town. There's some more. He hires them, saying he'll pay what's right. Then at noon, at 3 And as late as 5 p.m., he's back in the pickup, back in town, hiring more workers. Reading the story, you get the feeling that more than anything else, he enjoys the trip to town and back in his old pickup. If you're keeping score at home now, we have five different groups here. Some who work 12 hours and some nine, some six, some three, and a few one. It's time to be paid. It's quitting time. Remember now, only the first group that started at about 6 a.m. have a firm contract, a contract for payment, one denarius, barely, barely minimum wage, just enough to keep body and soul together for one day to feed your family. That's all it is. So he pays the group that started last first, and to everyone's amazement, they get a denarius, one hour and one denarius, I started at 6 a.m. I know a little math, not much, but I know that I've been doing it 12 hours, and so I expect I'm going to get 12 denarius. This is a good day. I can take a vacation. After all, it's only fair, right? No, they get what was agreed upon, one denarius. Well, if I'm in the group, you have the makings of a revolt on your hands here. There were murmurings, this isn't fair. You know, if this story, this parable that Jesus tells, 
is to tell us something about the kingdom of heaven as the first verse indicates. I'm not sure at this point that I like it. Do you? Does this mean that God isn't fair? I think that's what it means. God's not fair. At least with our definition of fairness. Or perhaps fairness is not the issue that concerns God the most in God's dealing with us. And thank God that God isn't fair. If God was fair with us, we would be in bad shape. Haven't you and I received far more from God than we deserve? Think about it, haven't we? I can say that the Smith family in general and Lane in particular have received far more than we ever deserved. And a part of that is our time that we've shared with you. The truth is regardless of how long we work, the story indicates we cannot work or earn our way into God's good graces. Salvation is by grace. Be grateful that we don't get what we deserve. At the end of the day, I don't believe the story is primarily about the workers and whether or not they're treated fairly. The emphasis on the, of, on the story, the emphasis of the story is on the fellow who spends most of his days in the old pickup going to town and back to the fields. Justice is determined not by what is right in our eyes, for after all, the owner did pay what he agreed to pay. He just paid it to everyone. The money, the denarius, is not the generous part. Rather, it's the unrelenting invitation of the landowner to come into his vineyard at any hour of the day. The generosity is in the invitation. The grace is in the invitation. He wouldn't quit going back and forth to town. He wouldn't stop calling, hiring, inviting, seeking, offering in this kingdom, we don't get justice. We don't get what we deserve. We don't get what's fair. We don't get what we earn. We may try to set up our own kingdoms in that way, but God does business in an entirely different manner. God's kingdom is structured on God's persistent, God's intrusive invitation, not some human understanding of justice. The story suggests that we'll get what we'll get on the basis of the invitation by the landowner. This story is full of grace, full of grace. Grace is not in the payment for the work. The grace in this story is found in all the trips to town in the old battered pickup. The fellow driving won't be satisfied until everyone is at work in his vineyard. Through the landowner's graceful trips to town, through his persistent, never-ceasing mercy, you and I may get more than justice. We may get more than what's right. We may get the master constantly, persistently, relentlessly pursuing us and everyone else until the midnight hour. And the landowner is unhappy until everyone's there. Did you ever think did you ever think that God wants everyone to have enough to feed their family today? Everyone got one denarius. They didn't get rich. They just had enough 
to take care of their family for the day. When we lived in Dallas, we lived in an apartment complex. I forget the name of it now, but there one company owned or managed 12 or 15 different thousands of apartments and all in one area called the village. It was on the south side of Northwest Highway. Every morning I would get out and drive across Northwest Highway and within two blocks I was in an area, a very poor area. Every morning when I drove through the, by the empty parking lots there, they were not empty. I would count every morning, rain, shine, heat, cold, 25 to 30 men standing with backpacks, waiting for somebody to come and hire them so they could feed their family. And sometimes even when I came home early or late afternoon, there still would be a few waiting, hoping that there would be a job for them so that they could go to one of the little overpriced ethnic groceries that lined that street to buy something for their family. He would that none should perish. This is a story about God who refuses to leave us, who refuses to leave things with, us, with, with just what's right in our minds. A God who comes out and pursues us, seeks us, finds us, some of us early, some of us late. You are here this morning not because you've been given what you deserve, but because you've been invited. Some of us came early, some of us came late, but the important thing is that we're here. The good news for those who are not here this morning is this. There is still time. The landowner, the gracious, inviting landowner, he's looking for you, the 11th hour workers, as well as those who started early in the morning. When I was on sabbatical in, in Prague in the Czech Republic, we would come to the end of the subway system. We would have to get out and wait on a bus. And it was about a five or ten minute ride on the bus to the International Baptist Theological Seminary where we lived. The seminary was an old munitions depot, I think, uh, during World War II. Lovely place. We're standing at the bus stop one day, and this gaggle of women come rushing up, wanting to know if this is the bus to the seminary. And we said, yes, that's where we're going. Stay with us. We'll get you on the right bus. We haven't missed it yet. And we'll get to the seminary. And I thought, what in the world are these women doing here at the seminary? They're not students. And so we began to talk. Well, about half of them were Israeli women. The other half, Palestinian women. We came here to the seminary to study the Bible and pray together to have a retreat. We're not able to meet in our own countries because of a hatred and animosity. The word of God is that none 
should perish. So instead of fanning the flames of enmity, hatred, death, and prejudice, this group of women realizes that all are invited. And they're working to break down those walls of hatred and death. Would to God that we would learn it as well. Martin Niemöller, who helped form the Confessing Church in Germany during the time of Hitler, was imprisoned for eight years in one of the concentration camps because of his opposition to the Nazi regime. And if you ever have a chance, it's before I went to the Holocaust Museum, I read Niemöller's Dachau sermons, the sermons that he preached in the Dachau concentration camp on Sunday mornings to a, an interesting mix of people. And in response to what happened to him, Niemöller said this, It took me a long time to learn that God is not the enemy of my enemies. Hmm, how about that? God's not the enemy of my enemies. But he didn't stop there. In fact, he said, God's not even the enemy of his enemies. God would that no one, no one, should not experience his love. Guess what? You and I, the church of Jesus Christ, is the presence of God in the world. You know what it's time for us to do? It's time for us to jump in the old pickup and go to town and look for people to invite. That's where God found you and me. So the next time I come, I expect to see a lot of old pickups in the parking lot. Thanks be to God.